Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I know this is early to be up and about on a Saturday morning, but as always, I'm so happy you've tuned in, and I think we've got some great guests lined up today. First, Hope Schultz from WebVet.com will be discussing a wonderful website that I think every pet owner should know about. Then, a little later, Pam Munisi from the North American Pot-Bellied Pig Association will be telling us everything we'd ever want to know about these amazing creatures and how to provide a good home and care for them. So don't go away. KGIL is a great place to be on Saturday mornings. There's a full lineup of weekend news and talk, which includes PJ Oakland's Tuned In, a very informative and entertaining show that follows us each Saturday morning at 6.30. More Pet Place Radio just ahead here on AM 1260 and 540. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome to the show Hope Schultz from WebVet.com. Good morning, Hope, and thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So, WebVet.com. what is that? <laughs> WebVet is an online resource that we've created for pet owners um, okay. that really addresses pets a little differently than I think most um, opportunities have in the past. It's we, we look at pets from a whole pet platform, so not only the physical health of the pet, but also the emotional well-being of, oh, the, of yeah. the animal as well. Okay. Is it a little bit like WebMD? Um, we have been compared to WebMD. Okay. We, I, I think primarily because our goal is to help inform and educate pet owners about the health and well-being of their pet. Um, the important thing to know is we don't diagnose and we don't treat, obviously. Okay. Um, but what we do is try to inform them, give them the facts and news and information they need to be a little bit more in tune with what's going on, and then always direct them back to the veterinarian for proper care. Oh, very good. Now, what was your inspiration in uh, creating WebVet? Well, there's a few things. I mean, first and foremost, I am a passionate pet person. I mean, I would spend my entire life just being surrounded by animals if I could (laughs) figure out how to swing that one. Um, But we really saw a need in the marketplace. We started talking to pet owners about what was missing, Mm -hmm. and they hands down said to us that they needed um, not only a resource for health and well-being information, but a credible, trusted resource. Because if you go on the Internet today, you can find all kinds of information about pet health, but there's a significant concern not only among pet owners but with the veterinarian community that the information that these people are getting when they search the Internet is not necessarily timely, not necessarily accurate, and who wants to get information about, you know, the long-term care of their pet if they sure. don't know that they can trust it? That's right. And, you know, with any information that anybody finds on the Internet, we all strongly encourage, you know, to do lots and lots of research and check with your veterinarian and and uh, make sure everything is all up to date. So it sounds like your website is trying to make sure that it's always current and always up to date. So yeah, and one of the ways that one of the ways that we do that is we have a veterinary advisory council, mm-hmm. and they manage what we call the editorial review board. And okay. so basically, they are tasked with at a minimum of one time of year reviewing every piece of content on our site to ensure that it is indeed timely and accurate. Wow, that's a job and a half. It is quite a job, <laughs> but we have lots of people very committed to it. Okay. 
Okay, okay. So one person doesn't have to go through every single article. Then. Oh, no, that would, I think that might be a bit overwhelming. Okay, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, what kind of information does WebVet provide? So, for example, if I found out that my pet was diagnosed with a certain illness, could I go and type in the name of that illness and find out more information? Absolutely. We have a symptom search mechanism where you can go in and type in diabetes, hip dysplasia, fleas, ticks, you know, a, a large variety of topics, and it will search the site, and it will pull up. Um, there's two types of information you might see if you do that type of search. One is a medical abstract okay. that is written by a veterinarian, okay. and it gives you, in its simplest form, kind of in layman's terms, what that exactly means. Oh, okay. So we're not talking veterinary journal-type abstract. No, no. Okay. We actually have had the ex-editors of the Merck Mariel Consumer Manual, a couple of those Veterinarians have been writing our abstracts, and the, the intent was to really take the intelligence that you have from something like that and to kind of wean it down into something that's a little bit easier for the average person to understand. Okay. The other thing that you'll see on that abstract is what we call the Q&A. So mm -hmm. you read the information about a particular illness, but then there's probably three to five questions and answers at the bottom. So the questions you should be prepared to ask your vet when you actually do take your pet in. Okay. And then some of the things you might be expecting to hear. Okay. And the other thing that you might find is we may have written some feature articles on, um, so for example, let's see, say you're searching hip dysplasia. Mm -hmm. Not only will that come up as a medical abstract, but it will come up in other articles, for example, an article on stem cell replacement. Okay. So you'll get it from a number of different directions. Wow. Now, does the website also have uh, support groups and, and various other maybe not so veterinary related uh, articles? We do have forums, and as a matter of fact, one of the forums that's on the site right now is how to deal with the loss of a pet. Oh, that good. really, really plays an important role for people. I, I honestly got an email yesterday from an old friend of mine who said, I just wanted to let you know that we had to put Roxy, our dog, down. Mm. And she was 13 years old, and he said, you know, selfishly we wanted to keep it, keep her with us, mm -hmm. but we needed to know if the time was right. And he actually said he went on WebVet to find, if, see if he could get any advice on that. And we actually had an article on about how to know when the time is right and the questions to ask your veterinarian. Okay. So you can do, in the end, do the most humane thing for the animal. Okay. Now, I, I suspect you're probably tracking uh, the types of searches that, that people are doing when they come over to WebVet. Can you tell me what's, what's some of the more popular searches that you've noticed? Well, it, uh, one of the top things, obviously, is people like to search about breeds. Um, but then they're also searching specific illnesses. I think their point of entry into the site is, you know, they're looking for information on how to protect their pet during the, the heat of the summer months. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten a lot of inquiries on separation anxiety as you start to see the transition back to school. Oh, you know, yeah. the pets actually are significantly impacted by, you know, the kids going away. They've gotten used to having their people around. Sure. So there's, we're getting a lot of different inquiries. Um, but most of it is on the medical side right now. Okay. And then we're finding that they're spending a good amount of time on the site searching from there. Well, that's pretty neat because as you get your medical information, I'm sure there's other things that pop up that attract your attention. And you go, oh, yeah, that would be interesting to know about. Yeah, actually one of our feature stories was what to expect from a pet pig. And we've oh, gotten really? a lot of feedback on that because people are like, oh, a pet pig. Uh -huh. And then we've got a lot of other human interest stories. You know, we've got a story on, you know, who gets the dog in the divorce, how to go green with your pet, pets and dating, you know. Uh, is your pet a better judge of whether or not he's right for you? Oh, all right. I'll have to read that one. That's yeah. yeah. It's really, so our intent was to, yes, 
okay. inform and educate on from the health side, but uh -huh. also engage and entertain on the other side because people love animals and they love to talk about them and they love to read about them. So we wanted to give them that broad experience. Oh, very good, very good. You know, my daughters are, are dating. Well, one of my daughters is already married, but... You know, I, I always uh, put them through the pet test. If my pets like them, then, then they're okay. <laughs> I think a lot of us do that. You know, we, we wrote a funny story about, you know, does your dog know more about whether or not he's right for you? Uh -huh. And at the very end it says, you know, if your dog doesn't like this guy, show him where the door is, and we're not talking about your pet. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. absolutely. You know, so many people will get rid of their pets if they're dating somebody who doesn't like the animal. And, I mean, it is just so upsetting to me to hear about those stories, but the animal shelters and rescues that we work with uh, here on the Pet Place are filled with animals who were abandoned or just turned in because um, somebody has a new boyfriend who doesn't like cats. Yeah, or, absolutely. You know, doesn't like the dog. And we do have a story right now about if you're not a cat, if, if you love her, if you're not a cat person, if you love her, you'll figure out how to be a cat person. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> we do counsel on... Um, and tell stories about how you can make your pet and your prospective significant other um, learn to get along a little bit better. Okay, but very we, good. We see so much with abandonment these days between that, um, families who are having new babies who don't think that having a pet is a good thing. There, mm -hmm. are, there are lots of things you can do to figure out how to integrate a new baby into a pet household. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, obviously with the foreclosures that are going on, animals are being abandoned left and right. Oh, and I know. And it's a really very sad situation. I've been to a lot of shelters recently, and I have never seen so many animals at the shelters that I've been visiting. I mean, they are from floor to ceiling, literally, filled with animals. It's, it's just incredible. And as fast as they get the animals placed, they get, you know, dozens more coming through the door. Yeah, it's it's really quite tragic because the shelters want to do everything they can to try and help these animals, and they just don't have the capacity for them. They can't keep up? They, they can't, and so, you know, being the pet lover that I am, I would encourage everybody to try and figure out a way to help. And mostly what people can do is to spay and neuter and remember that when they adopt a pet, it's uh, a lifetime commitment, not yeah. until, you know, circumstances change and, you know, or you get tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. Education is really critical because, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy for someone to see a cute, cuddly little dog or a kitten or a guinea pig and think, oh, won't that be fun? Yeah. But there's so much responsibility that goes into pet ownership. That's right, even for those smaller animals. It absolutely. It a big time commitment. Yeah, one of the new um, aspects, one of the new features of the site that we're going to be adding in the near future is what we call Kids Corner. Mm -hmm. And that's really about getting kids at an early age and teaching them about the responsibility of pet ownership, oh, how to wonderful. be respectful of animals, how they can, you know, on their own or with a group of their friends figure out how to give back to their local animal welfare organizations and even how they can start their little pet service business. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I always joke around that I've given up on adults because you really can't change their minds. But we need to focus on the kids, so I'm glad you've Absolutely. got that going on. Absolutely. They're our next, uh, next best hope to yeah, helping animals. If we educate them now, then everything will be much better in the future. Can't agree more. Now, um, let me ask you this. Um, here in the Los Angeles area, uh, and probably all, most of the country, you know, people are, are very fitness-oriented, and they like to have their dogs um, run with them when they go for runs and things like that. And I think it's great, but I think sometimes people forget that animals need to get into shape at a steady pace 
too, and they can't just overdo right from the beginning. Do you give any advice about fitness for animals? Absolutely. We we have a couple of articles on the site about exercise, well, quite a few actually, about exercising with your pet. Um, And I think what you're saying is critical. Any more than if I decided I was going to go for a run, would I go out and run 26 miles? Not Mm -hmm. that that would ever happen, (laughs) regardless of my condition, but... But you can't just jump in like that. So I I think if you just look at animals the way you look at people and take that into consideration. So there's things like, yes, ease them into it. Give them time to warm up and stretch Mm -hmm. out. I mean, you see this big doga craze, doggy yoga. Uh And that's really about about, (laughs) um, stretching your animal, getting them moving, getting your body working. And so think about all the things that as somebody who might be going out to exercise that you would do to warm up. Sure. You know, don't push them too hard because they can suffer from heat exhaustion. Um, And you also, just like you need water, they need Mm -hmm. water as well. Right. And just like you need a cooling off period after you work out, they need a cooling off period. Okay. So so what do you recommend, just a little slow walk at the end? Yeah. You know, just run to where you're going to run or do your your fast-paced walk and then just take your time going home okay. because they need a little time to wind down as well. And, of course, they need a good diet, too. You Absolutely. have some good diet tips on the web vet? Yeah. It's, I mean, we're, we've got a, a tons of articles on obesity, both in cats and in dogs. And I'm so glad because obesity in pets seems to be becoming more and more prevalent. I can't believe how many fat cats and fat dogs I'm seeing now. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think the number is that 48% of all pets are overweight and oh, 9% of, wow. of those are obese. Uh-huh. So, yes, it's, you know, I would encourage people to not just think about a diet and not just think about exercises. Again, mm-hmm. you equate it to human health. Sure. You know, your doctor would say be on a good diet, get proper amount of exercise, um, you know, if there's need for medication, then there's need for medication. Talk to your vet about that. Okay. There are some new drugs on the marketplace that um, help with this whole process, but they don't work. It's not like giving your dog a pill and then expecting them to lose weight. Right. It has to be done in unison with the proper diet and yeah, exercise. Same with people. Absolutely. No magic pill anywhere. Yeah, so animals are not so different than people. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's just an amazing uh, reference that WebVet.com is. I'm so glad that you started it. Um, how long has it been around now? We've actually only been live for two weeks. Oh, we launched the site wow. on August the 4th. Okay. So it's been a really exciting time for us. Okay. Um, it's It's been great. You know, we've gotten some really good feedback from pet owners as well as from the veterinarian community. And so I would encourage everyone to go to WebVet and Take a look around, and if there's something that you don't see on the site that you would like to see, okay. please, we, we've got an email box. You can send us a note at comments at webvet.com, okay. and we really do take those things to heart. I mean, okay. I've literally had people say, a perfect example is I had someone say, well, I didn't see Myasthenius gravis for dogs on your site. And I was like, okay. So I <laughs> called our, our medical editors. And I said, we need to make sure we have myasthenias gravis for dogs on the site. And they said, well, that's not very common. And I said, yeah, but you know what? This person called us. Sure. And if this person needs it, then I imagine there are other people that need it. Absolutely. So we will continue to get better, you know, have deeper resources as people start to tell us what they would like to see on the site. Do you know approximately how many visitors you've had so far? We have had, I don't know the exact number, but we're tracking really, really well. Um, I know... Uh, 
uh, I'd probably be crazy to give you a specific number because I'm not exactly sure, uh -huh. but I will tell you that we've had significant traffic so far. Oh, fantastic. And it's webvet.com. Yes. W-E-B-V-E-T dot com. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. This is all amazing stuff. Um, ah, I can't seem to talk today. Hope. <laughs> And I'm so glad that WebVet's out there, and I'm looking forward to how it develops in the future. Um, please keep us posted. Absolutely. Oh, We'd love wonderful. to. We need to take a quick station break, but don't go away. We'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm very happy to introduce Pam Munisi from the North American Pot-Bellied Pig Association. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Marie. You know, I've been trying to get someone from Napa to be on the show for so long because I think pot-bellied pigs are such amazing creatures, so I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much. Now, how long have you been involved with Napa? Uh, it, well, I started in February this year. Oh, so you're still fairly new. I am. Now, have you had a pot-bellied pig for a while, or did you also just get a pot-bellied pig this year? No, I've had, I have three, in there, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. So so you've been doing the pot-bellied thing for a while, then? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Now, do pot-bellied pigs make good pets? They do. Tell me a little bit about what it's like to have a pot-bellied pig in your life. Well, they're they're very very cuddly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to imagine. They love to be cuddled and put a blanket on them and just they're, they're so sweet. They snuggle up with you. Really? No kidding. Yeah, it's just like wow. This this amazing animal. Now, do they do anything the equivalent of purring or wagging their tail? They wag the tail, I say, constantly. <laughs> and does that mean they're happy? Yeah, they're happy. They're happy creatures. Yeah. Okay. Now, how big do pot-bellied pigs get? I know that uh, way back um, when I first heard about them, they were supposed to be really tiny. Right. But then I noticed that most of the pot-bellied pigs I've seen have been actually fairly good size. Yes, they they can range from like 70 to 75 pounds to 200. Oh, wow. Yeah, they they can get up there, but it depends on what you feed them. Okay. Now, what about those really super tiny ones that I that I saw, you know, 20 years ago when they were first starting to to make their way into public consciousness? Are 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 those a special kind of pot-bellied pig? The mini ones, they're they're not really considered um, mini pot-bellied pigs because they they will be shown when they're just born. Oh, okay. They so they do actually grow them? Yes. Okay, okay, all right. Now, if I wanted to get a pot-bellied pig, um, what would I do? Where would my starting point be? I would uh, suggest going to, like, on our website, and we have some certified breeders that would show you the right way. Okay. And what is your website? It is www.petpigs.com www.petpigs.com. Yes. Okay, and so there's all kinds of good information there, not just about where to get a pot-bellied pig, but also how to care for it? Correct. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what do pot-bellied pigs generally eat? 
they're mainly their food is vegetarian, and you can purchase uh, pig chow through different uh, companies. There's um, can you provide them just your own homemade vegetarian food? You can, but with the pig chow, they have vitamins and all that. Okay, so supplements you'd, you'd recommend getting something that's already prepared to make sure that they have all the, the vitamins and supplements that they need for a healthy life. Right. Okay, and can you give them any treats? You can, like air popcorn, and, and, and then they also, at the pig place, they would sell the training treats. Training treats. So that leads me to another question then. Can you train a pig? Definitely can. Okay, have you trained your pigs to do anything special? Um, ours can sit and wave and give their hoof. Really? So if you say shake, they'll offer their little hoof then? Oh, yes. They wow. Very intelligent with that. You know, I've heard pigs are very intelligent. Um, where do they rank in the animal kingdom? Uh, with the dolphins, they're very, they can remember just like an elephant. They're very, very intelligent. Wow. Now, do they seem to really get attached to their families? They do. They bond really well, very well, yes. Are they more of a one-person kind of pet, or do they pretty much love everybody that they live with? With everybody, but some of them, they will bond with one person, but for the most of them, they will with the whole family. Okay. Are they um, pets that you can have in your house, or are they mostly an outdoor type of pet? Well, you can do both. It depends on where you live, but we tend to like them have them in the house. Okay. Are they messy? No, not at all. And they, they're very clean animals. Really? Yeah. Now, I've always, uh, I've always been under the impression that they're a little bit on the stinky side, so that's not the case? No. They're very... They will grow in the mud when it's warm mm-hmm. and to stay cool that way. Oh, okay. So if you want, you can let them roll around in the mud and then, what, you give them a little bath before they come back in? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it isn't really. Well, if they don't care for the water like some of them don't, uh-huh. some of them will just stay right there. Now, do they also just like sitting in a pool of uh, of clean water also, or does it have to be muddy? No, it can be a clean kiddie pool. Oh, okay. So just one of those big round uh, plastic pools that you get for your children then? Yes, and they would go in there automatically and just... Just wallow. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, are pot-bellied pigs protective? They, well, that some of them are territorial. They will protect their their bedding and that, but some are very, they don't care. They just rather be have a belly rub. Okay, so so they, for the most part, they aren't an animal that could become aggressive and bite or ram somebody or anything like that. Right, no. Okay. And as far as their fur, it's, it's pretty wiry, isn't it? Yeah, but it's actually hair. They don't have fur. They have hair. Really? And does it require any special care? Well, the hoofs have to be... Uh, from, they call them grooming, and the males have to have their tusks from once or twice a year, depending on how fast they will grow. So that involves, like, what, filing it down then a little bit? Yes. Either your veterinarian will do it, or you have some people with, if you can find a sanctuary, will do it. Okay. So it's not something that you generally want to try doing yourself then? No. Definitely not. Do do they get pretty feisty when you're trying to do that? 
No, some some people will put them like under with the, some sort of gas to put them under and little anesthesia. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be filing down a pig's uh, giant tooth or tusk. No. <laughs> if he didn't like it. Okay. Now, do you brush your pigs generally? Um, what is some of the other uh, daily care requirements? Well, I, I brush ours, and then I put some some skin so soft that helps with the the flies. Just you know, because flies love the warm weather and that. We're in Arizona, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a good feeling for them. They love to be fussed over. Oh, okay. Now, do you take your pigs out for walks? You can. You can harness train them. And and do they do okay? They do. Okay. I bet you get a lot of looks when you get your pig out for a walk in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, but a lot of times they people tend to feel that you have a dog. Yeah. They they seem like dogs somewhat to me when I've seen them in a pet situation. Yes. That's great. Laid back. Okay. So if somebody wanted to get a pot bellied pig, again we should tell everybody what the pet what the Potbellied Pig website is so they could get all this great information. One more time. All right, it's www.petpig.com. Okay, and that has possibly rescue and adoption information also? Yes. Fantastic. Pam, thank you so much for talking with us today about your little Potbellies. Oh, thank you. I think this is really great information that will help people decide whether a little piggy is the right pet so that no one will go out and impulsively bring one home. I think that's really important. It is very important. We need to take one last break, but we'll be back in just a bit, so please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260 and 540. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to tell you about a couple of events that are coming up. First, on Sunday, September 14th, the Orange County SPCA will be holding its 11th annual Walk for the Animals in Huntington Beach Central Park East. That's at Golden West and Talbert Avenues behind the Central Library. Registration begins at 7.30 a.m., and the 2K, 5K walk starts at 9 a.m. Collect pledges, and win prizes while raising funds to support programs which directly benefit the animals. Last year was a great success, but so much more is needed. With your support, this year's walk is sure to be an even bigger success. Visit www.orangecountyspca.org. You can also surf on over to the Pet Place website for all the latest news and info at www.petplace.org. Coming up next is PJ Oakland's Tuned In Radio Show, so don't go away. That's all for me today. The Pet Place will be back next Saturday at 6 a.m. here on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. Remember, be responsible, have your pets spayed or neutered, love them, and make them truly part of your family. Have a great weekend. <laughs>